Good to see everyone. It is uh, another Sunday night. You could be doing you could be doing anything, but you're here. So thanks for thanks for being here. We love coming here. So um, yeah, it, it's our thing. It's it's just uh, it's it is. You know, I have all the preaching, all this, all the ministry, all the stuff we do. This is the best. Yeah, yeah. You're the best. Yeah. This is the best. So just want everyone to know. Um, Hey, let's open a prayer and let's get, get started. I got a word for you tonight. Father, we just thank you for uh, being here. Thanks that, uh, yeah, they, like I said, these folks could be doing anything, Lord. So thanks for having them here. Uh, we love this place, Lord. So thanks for allowing us to partner uh, with, with all these fine women and uh, do ministry and, and t- talk about your word and have discussions about it, Lord. So I just ask tonight, Lord, that it be your words through my mouth and that uh, everything we do here glorifies you. Everything we do here lifts up and encourages. Everything we do here is, uh, is for Jesus. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Come on. Hey, we got a full house. What? Look at this. Yoo-hoo! Look at this. Cobra Kai is here. No mercy. I love it. <laughs> That's what I'm going to show you tonight. I'm going to be the preacher with no mercy. Okay. Uh, so I thought I saw this meme the other day. You all right? Oh, yeah, there's a, there's a toy right there. I know. You were very excited about that toy, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, shiny, shiny toy. So, oh, we got, we got a couple little issues. We're doing all right? We doing all right back there? That's okay. I'm just I'm just making sure that the tables don't fall on people. You know, it could happen. I think they got it. I think they're square. No worries. We're doing good. Everyone happy? If you're happy, clap your hands. Remember that song? All right, good. So, so you know, that I, I'm a social media guy. I love the, like stalking people and things. And uh, it's true. I just kind of scroll and stalk. Um, and by the way, I read this great article about psychology and stuff and looking at like different people's conditions like mine. And they say that people like scroll to just get to get their mind cleared. So if you've got a racing mind, you'll find that you're a social media person because all you do is like, and that's actually keeping your mind clear. So Lisa, I'm doing therapy when I'm on Facebook. <laughs> I just, I just wanted you to know that. But I, I, I saw this great meme, and it said this. Either scripture will be the lens through which you view the world, or the world will be the lens through which you view scripture. So let me, let me say that again. E- either scripture will be the way you look at your world, or the world will be the way you look at scripture. And, and I thought, wow, that's a, that's, a great, that's a great meme, great line. Um, what does it mean? Because I was thinking, how, how do you apply that? I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a great idea, and I think we all understand what it meant. But what, what does it mean when we actually look at the Bible, if we're looking at it through the world's view, versus if we're looking at the world through what Scripture says? And so, yeah. It means, do you want to hear what it means? Yeah, sure, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead and just read. It's in my sermon. Okay. Anyways, I, I look at it like um, if you view it through the world, which the world is uh, really bad and messed up yeah. place, yeah. Right. If you look at it as scripture is scripture, then you're going to be following. You're going to be following, right? Well, let me give you some examples. God's understanding versus Yes. Ooh, God's understanding versus ours. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm a knucklehead. I I don't understand anything. Ever notice the more you learn about God, the farther you? <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing. 
What I want to do tonight, though, is I'm going to walk you through some, some Scripture stuff and show you how this applies, I mean, directly to what Scripture tells us. Because I think that while we know it in, the, in the, what I call the 50,000-foot view, it's a lot harder to apply every day. And, and so um, let's take a little time and, and, and look at this. One of the things that you hear about Scripture is God is... God is... God is... Love. God is love. Right? God is love. Now, if you look at that through the world's view, love is defined as tolerance. Right? So, if I love you, I'm not going to judge you. I'm not, anything you do is okay. It's moral relativism. Whatever you do is good. Your truth is as good as my truth because we're going to be tolerant with each other because I love. Now, we're also told that if we don't tolerate things, we are unloving right? Christians are called unloving all the time because we don't tolerate certain things by the, by the world. And so what the, the hard part is, when you're a Christian, if you hold to certain biblical truths, you will be called unloving by the world. Now, Jesus says, hey, they're going to hate you because they hated me first. If they hated me, they're going to hate you. The world is, right? So we shouldn't be surprised that there's this disconnect that when you look at Scripture through the world's eyes, People will say, God is love. Your God is love. Well, he's sending me to hell. That's not loving. He's judging me. That's not loving. You don't approve of what I'm doing. You're not loving me. Because love has become tolerance by the world standards. It's become enabling. Right? Have you ever had a friend enable you in bad stuff? Yeah, and you look back and go, gosh, I wish that friend would have smacked me. No, they wanted to be loving. Because they thought that love was tr- just helping you, enabling you tolerating you doing that because that's the way the world works right and and what god defines love as is truth truth and that's a really hard one because have you ever been in a relationship with somebody a friend whatever and and they'd lie to you is that loving no yeah that's okay Yeah. Things that need to be revealed to us that we can't bear. Right. So, I don't know. Yeah, so the Holy Spirit reveals things to you. We can't bear it. And, it, and it's interesting because He only reveals the stuff you can bear. He doesn't reveal the stuff you can't until you're ready. Yeah. Which is why sometimes you'll read Scripture, you'll read a verse a thousand times, and then the thousand and first time you're like, whoa! Because you weren't ready then, right? But this idea of that love, you know, you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, love is kind, love is patient, love is love, 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 love. That's, that's true. But if you look at all the things in 1 Corinthians 13, it's all sacrifice. It's all truth. If I'm going to be patient with you, it means that you're driving me crazy. And, and I've, got to, I've got to sacrifice me telling you, you're driving me crazy, to be patient with you. If I'm going to be kind... Sometimes I have to put my, my, my worldly self behind because I don't feel kind all the time. But love is kind, so I have to be kind. We, we read these things in 1 Corinthians, we go, aww. But, but it's not aww. It's you must sacrifice yourself to do the loving thing. And I would tell you that the most unloving thing you can do to somebody is lie to them. So what if I told you, hey, you can do anything in the world you want, you're going to heaven no matter what. Then you meet Jesus and he goes, Dude, what were you thinking? And he said, well, Tom told me. Yeah. And, and he's going to say, but I told you. 
right? That's an unloving thing. So when I, when I look at the, how the world does love, love is tolerance. And I get that. I, I understand that, that you should be non-judgmental. We're told that in scripture. But do you see how it blends? Do you see how the world blends a message? God is love. And if your God is love, then you have to tolerate what I'm doing versus we say God is truth. So if you're being, uh, doing something wrong, I should not enable you. What I should be doing is saying, you know, God's got something better for you than what you're doing. And I'm going to help you get there. Now, have you ever been told a hard truth you hated, but now you look back on it and go, I'm glad that person did that? Have you ever been in a situation, this is me, um, you, you know I preach to myself when I'm here? Uh, <laughs> God talks to me through my talking. It's weird. Disassociation. I don't know what's going on. Uh, have you ever looked back in your life and go, somebody should have said something? Yep. I think about all the people when I was going through what I was going through, in my worst, in my worst cases, all the adults, because I was a, a, young, a young teen, early 20, all the adults around me that could have intervened and done something that didn't. And you go, yeah, thanks a lot. But they were being loving. They were tolerating stuff because they thought it was the best way to enable. That was the world. Instead of being biblical and going, Tom, you've got an issue. And I want to walk with you through that and being truth. So the first thing we learn about this idea of do you look at your world through the biblical standard, or you look at your world through, uh, the, you look at the Bible through the world standards. When you say or hear someone say God is love, you go, absolutely he is. But let's define love. What does love mean? Is love just this emotional, ooey gooey wet kiss? No. Or, or is there more depth to the idea of love that if I truly love you, I'm going to tell you truth? So I get the question all the time. People, you know, there are hot button issues in Christianity. Yeah, yeah there, you know, the abortion, all the social issues, abortion, gays, all that kind of stuff, transgender, all that stuff. And people ask me, how do you deal with that? And I look people in the eye and say, you know what? God loves you right where you are. But he's got something better for you than maybe what you're choosing. I wish someone would have given that message to me back in my worst days when I was drinking and carousing and doing all the stuff I was, someone could have come to me and said, Tom, you know, I know you believe in God. I know you believe Jesus is your Savior, but he's got something better for you than what you're doing. Now, I may not have listened to that message at the time because I was a knucklehead, but that seed could have been planted. And someone else could have watered it, and I could have been better. But I wasn't. I I spent 40 years in the desert because nobody told me the truth. Nobody cared enough to tell me the truth. They were worldly instead and just, you know, tolerated. So that's the first thing we got to realize when we're, we're going to figure out how we're going to look at our world. What's our worldview? Is it biblical or is it worldly? Is that first thing. Now, now let's take another one. Who defines sin? Me. Right? In the world, I get to define it. And this is another thing that's, do you look at the Bible through a worldly? We look at Scripture and go, I don't like that. That was cultural. I'm going to redefine sin. Now, the problem with that idea is this. Okay? When I say, let's say I say, um, I don't know, let's, I'm trying to pick something that's, that's like kosher. Uh, let, let's say I, I say, you know, my anger is righteous anger. Oh, <laughs> you know, you're all like, oh, no, no, Tom, I know you. Um, I say my anger is righteous anger. 
I, I have holy discontent and I'm mad about stuff. So when someone's like making fun of Jesus, I get all upset and I'm going to, you know, tell them, I'm going to tell them. <laughs> it's not biblical. Biblical Bible says turn the other cheek. I don't need to defend God. He's big enough to defend himself. But I've decided that's not a sin. Even though scripture says don't sin in your anger. It, it says you're going to get angry. Don't sin in your anger. But I'm sinning in my anger because I'm judging people. I'm beating them with the Bible. I'm not showing love. I'm just showing truth, right? I'm, I'm being one of those guys. That's not biblical. Yet I'm claiming it is because um, in this day and age and culturally, I get to do that. God was, God was wrong about that. Now, here's the problem. Jesus died for our sins, right? Right? All of them, right? When I tell Jesus, oh, you didn't need to die for that one. That's a slippery slope. And that's what the world has done. It is saying that the things of the Bible that God has decided is not best for us. What is sin? Sin is selfishness. That's all it is. We're doing things for ourselves that we choose because we think that God's not right about what he thinks is best for us. We think what we think is best for us is best for us. God said, no, I, I got this, 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 these boundaries because I know what's best for you, even though you may not understand it. But we choose and then we say, no, God's wrong. Then you become your own God and you're saying, I don't need Jesus in that part of my life. And that is dangerous. See, I need, there's this old joke that says, I need the Holy Spirit to go to church on Sunday. It's like, I need the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> I can't go anywhere without the Holy Spirit. I am such a mess. I am so depraved. I, of all the sinners in here, I am the worst. I, I got to have Jesus. You got to understand that in every aspect of your life, you need a Savior. And if you can't get to that place, it's a walk. Right, But if you get to the place where you're saying, you know, something God said is not true, then God's not God, is he? Because once you say God's not right, then God's not a God. And then you just fall off the cliff. And then, all, and then everything goes, right? Well, he'll hit you with a holy two-by-four, I guarantee you that. Or, or even better, he'll let you suffer the consequences of your actions. <laughs> he'll say, oh yeah, okay, you want to do it on yourself? Have at it. See how it goes. And then, and then when you come back to him, he goes, uh, 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 thought you could do it. Huh? Yep. <laughs> so I, I would tell you this, when you read the scripture and, and believe me, there's things in scripture that all of us don't like. You got to understand that in God's mind, when he created us, he said, this is what's best for you to have life abundant, to do the things I want you to do, to be the people I want you to be. This is best for you. Now, now, we all choose, and I'm not, I'm not picking any sin because I don't think one sin's worse than the other. Um, we all sin. We all choose rebellion against God. We all say, no, my way's right, God, your way's wrong. There's something in us. Even Paul said, I got a thorn in my side. He was sinning. There was something that was really bothering him. Okay? It's just the fact that's life for us. But here's the difference between Christians and non-Christians. Christians, actually, non-Christians sin. They just don't think it's sin. They just embrace it. Christian sin, we hate it. We're, we cry out to God that he would take that thorn from our side. And everybody I've ever met has at least one sin they can't get out of. That they just, it's, it, God says, my grace is sufficient. I got you covered. I understand what you're going through. Suck it up, buttercup. Um, <laughs> I, I, I got you. Right? We all have that. But as a Christian, we hate it. And, and we fight against it, and, and, and it hurts. 
And that's why we need a Savior. And that's why Jesus said, don't worry, I, I got you covered. My grace is sufficient for you. I had died on the cross for that already. You don't have to worry about it. You're holy. You're seen as, as saints. Even though we look ourselves in the mirror and go, ugh, ugh. Right? And that's the difference between looking at the Bible through worldly eyes and saying that's not a sin anymore. And then you get crosswise with Jesus. Versus the Bible saying, I get that that's a sin. And I get that I'm struggling with it. I'm going to go to God and partner with him because he's not mad at me. He's not yelling at me. He's not going to condemn me. I, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8.1. He is going to work with me. And he's going to show me grace and love and mercy. So long as I own what I own. You know, David was a man after God's own heart. And David was a schmuck. How could he be a man after God's own heart? Because he owned everything he did. You know, you know what, what confessing your sins is all about? Do you think that when God was thinking about making you, he looked at your whole life, he knew everything about you, and went, man, that really surprised me. I didn't know you couldn't do that. He knew everything about you. knew every sin you commit, knew everything. And he made you anyway. So it's not like you're doing something and going, gosh, I'm afraid to go to God. He'll... He already knew. He's what he wants you to do is he'll just own it. Just own it. That's what confession's about. It's not about guilt. It's not about shame. It's not about, oh my gosh, I did it again. It's, it's God saying, hey, just own it. Then we can work together. Just like any relationship, right? If, if we're in a relationship and, and we're friends and I screw up, you're going to be really not happy with me if I don't own it. But if I come to you and say, hey, I screwed up. I'm really sorry. Can you forgive me for that? You're like, of course, we're buddies. That's how it works. And so when you look at the world through a biblical view, you don't have to have guilt or shame or anything. Nothing you've done is a surprise to God. There, there's nothing that you've done that is, you know, God's like, well, I can't forgive that one. <laughs> You're forgiven. It's okay. You get to move on. And that's a beautiful thing. The world will tell you what? You're defined by what you did. Yeah. You know, it's like AA. I love AA. It's great, right? Hi, I'm Tom, and I'm an alcoholic. But do you know, see what happens when you first go there? I'm Tom, and I'm a what? I'm an alcoholic. I just got labeled. I'm an alky for life. No, I'm not. I'm a child of God. I'm a son of the Most High. I'm an heir to the throne. That's what I am. <laughs> I get you may have an alcohol issue, but, but the world will define you. So when you look at the Bible through the worldly standards, you go, God certainly can't forgive this of me because I'm I'm, this is my label for life. And God says, your label for life is child of God. Because you came to me and owned it. And I respect that. You get that? Do you see how? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sometimes we do. There's nothing. Yeah. There is God correct, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and so, you know, I always say, if you're going to be correct, you know, throw some. But, but, but think about this. So here we are in this culture. We got to live here, right? We got to get along here somehow. But we're all different. At least we should be. But what happens is there's so much pressure when you walk out that door to fit in. And some people's self-worth comes from outside affirmation, right? And that, that outside affirmation doesn't come from in here. It comes from out there. And it doesn't matter what that looks like, whether it's a job or, or whatever it is. 
So we get around people that maybe not are not biblical people, not Bible people, and they look at us through a worldly view. And their encouragement to us or their affirmation to us or their support for us, it's not that they don't love us, it's just not done in a biblical way. And it's a very, very subtle thing. And it's not that they're like horrible, evil people, because they're not. They're just doing what the world does. But we look at it and say, when I come alongside you here, you know, I've been preaching here for a long time. Have I told you the truth? Have, have I, one person said to me, um, Tom, it's like, it's like a pillow fight with you. I said, what do you mean? He goes, man, you hit him, but like with a pillow. <laughs> I said, I try hard. I, I tell you the truth. Sometimes not everyone agrees with me and that's okay. I had a woman here back there. She was really mad at me. She was fired up. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry. I just, I just tell, tell you what the Bible says. But I'm never going to stop doing that because it's the truth. And it's the, it's the most loving thing I can do for you is tell you the truth. I think the most harmful thing I could do is just lie and smile. Tell you prosperity gospel that got, you know, you're all going to get a Cadillac. And so um, think, about, think about this. God's holiness is unchanging. And you as a, as a daughter of the Most High have no guilt, shame, or anything. You're not under condemnation. You're already saved. Nothing you've done surprised God. All he wants you to do is own what you did. And then you're bueno. Make sense? And that's why we want to look at it from a world, from a, not from a worldly view, where we get defined by what we did, but from a biblical view where God defines us as who we are. You're free indeed. Yeah. It's, it's one of them. It's in the Bible. I think it's in the New Testament, so. <laughs> it's a Bible thing, yeah. yeah. She, she's, like, she's becoming a scholar, though. It's good. <laughs> Let me tell you this one. How about miracles? I've seen people that have struggled with, with the faith because they're like, I just can't buy the miracles. Science says that can't happen. So when we look at our Bible from a worldly view, we look at some of the things God did and we box them. And say, he can't do that. And then once you say God can't do something, he's not God. You know, think about that. I always ask people, if you could pick a God, let's say our God didn't exist. You're going to pick a God. What, what would he have to be like? He'd have to be all powerful. He'd have to be able to do everything to be a God. Because if he had limitations, he's not a God. He'd have to like not smack us around because who would want to be around that guy? So he has to have some kind of level of relationship with us, Right? He, he would want our best interest. I, I want a God that has my best interest at heart. Right? So if we were to create a God, it, it would look a lot like the God we have, just based upon what we would want. Now, we would screw it up and say, we also want, um, every time I ask for something, I get it. Mm-hmm. Even though, you ever ask for something, you got it, and you went, oh, crap, I wish I wouldn't have asked for that. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I'm saying a lot. No, it's okay. I'm sorry. No, don't be sorry. Yeah. Yeah, and people Yeah, and people and people see that. And so when they look at scripture, I don't know if it's the parting of the Red Sea or Jesus healed somebody or or you know, you pick your miracle. People will deny the faith because that can't happen physically, scientifically from what I know in my little logical brain, right? Now I tell people science is great. Science is man's way to try to describe what God did. Think about that. 
It's our way to try to define what God did. So if you look at the history of science and all the things that we've learned, whether it be psychology, whether it be you know, astrology, astrophysics, whatever it is, you pick it. People looking at the stars, trying to figure out how the universe works. NASA, right? It's awesome. I mean, I'd love to be a janitor at NASA. I'd, just, I'd get the shirt. Be good. But I'm not even I'm not even smart enough to be the I'm not even smart enough to be the janitor. Um, it's great, but don't don't confuse what science is. Science is us trying to figure out what God did. Now, when you say you look at the Bible and go that can't happen, what you're saying is God's not God, because you've just limited what He can and can't do. So we take on faith the miracles. Now you can you can find some scientists out there, Ray Comfort, some others that will say, well, this can happen because X, Y, and Z. That, that's great. But I just take it on faith because I believe God is God and he can do whatever he wants. And if he created the universe, he doesn't have the rules that we're bound by in the universe. He can do what he wants. He's God or he's not God. And when you break it down to a black and white thing like that, it makes it a lot easier to say either I believe it or I don't. And I love that about God. He says, look, and Jesus said this, either you believe or you don't, you know, come with me or not. If you're not with me, you're against me. <laughs> he, he was really, really simple. And I think this whole idea of the miracles, people denying God's God, that's how they look at it from the worldview. Now, we look crazy, don't we? Didn't Scripture say, we're going we're gonna to shame the wise by the, with the foolish things? And we look, we look like we're nut jobs. You know, the earth is only this many years old. <laughs> you know, you got those people? Mm-hmm. that i like that i think miracles happen every day honestly i think if you're you're sensitive to the holy spirit and what's going on in your life miracles happen every day you know maybe you're not growing back your spleen but maybe you have an encounter with someone at the right moment when you needed it and god's gonna have done a divine appointment and you've heard a word that you just need to encourage you and lifts you up and changes everything it's a miracle Maybe you've had a transformation where you're looking at your world differently. That's a miracle. Right? There are miracles all over the place. And people deny that. That's a happenstance or coincidence, right? They say coincidence. No, it's not. Or, you, you know, you, you, you get some epiphany thought, and you're like, man, I'm so smart. No, you're not. You're not that smart. Holy Spirit's giving you stuff. That's a miracle. And, and, and so, you know, we as believers, like I said, we look a little crazy. But that's okay, because we're supposed to be set apart, we're sanctified, we're different. And, and so, when you look at your Bible, and you, and you see a miracle, you go, I can buy that, because God's God. Where the world looks at the Bible and goes, that can't happen. Physically, that can't happen. The same holds true for, um, <laughs> sort of truth. The world looks at the Bible and says, if it feels good, do it. So they like parts of the Bible, all the social justice parts of the Bible, all the love parts of the Bible, all, all the grace parts of the Bible, all the stuff that says that God is going to be you know, loving you. They hate the part that says truth, where you know, grace and truth, where truth says, hey, don't do this, don't do that, it's not good for you. I, I, I want you to be changed. I want you to give up worldly things. I want you to renew your mind and be transformed. Uh, hate the world. Uh, if you hate the world, if you love the world, you have an enemy toward God. They don't like any of that stuff. So they pick and choose in the Bible what they like and what they don't. Augustine once said, if you, if you, if 
<laughs> pick the things you like in Scripture and throw out the stuff you don't. It's not God you worship, it's yourself. Yeah. Right? And, and the world will say, if it feels good, do it. So there are things in the Bible they love because it feels good. There are things in the Bible they hate because it doesn't feel good. We are told, um, hey, I know what's best for you. If you just trust me, I know it will be hard in this world because the world won't accept it. But trust me, and I will make your path straight and be a light to your path and bless you and, pro and prosper you and do all these things. And it goes back to the very first covenant. Obey and be blessed. Disobey and be cursed. God hasn't changed since the Old Testament. Jesus says, if you love me, you'll do what I say. He said the last commandment was, okay, you ready for this? He said, I got a new one for you. I want you to love each other the way I've loved you. And I was sacrificially. Jesus gave up everything for us. And he expects us to love each other that same way. Now, in this big cold world, if you go out there by yourself and you don't have a bunch of people around you loving you like Jesus did, how does that feel? You're alone. And guess what you're going to do? You're going to acclimate to out there so you fit in because no one likes to be alone. No one can handle that, right? And that's why Scripture says, don't stop meeting like some people do. you got to have fellowship. You got to be with each other because we need to encourage one another. So even in the first century where they were like persecuted, if anybody found out they were a church, they hung out together because they had to encourage one another. That's why he wrote all these letters to encourage people, teach them the faith, but encourage them to, uh, you know, hang, hang on, hang tough, be together. So the world will tell you, be a lone wolf. Your truth is as good as anybody else's truth. You ever see these people now in this generation saying, I need to speak my truth. I crack up every time I hear that. <laughs> it's like, go get, go get your animal cookies and go watch a cartoon. You know, I'm going to speak my truth. There is one truth, and it's God's truth. And you get to decide if you're going to look at your world through the biblical view of God and trust that what he says is the best thing for you, even though you may not like it and you may not understand it. Or are you going to look at the Bible through the world's view and go, that's not right. I don't like this. I'm going to throw that out. And then you're going to have trouble because you're going to suffer the consequences of those actions. Does that make sense? So we go back to the, 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 the little meme. Either scripture will be the lens through which you view the world, or the world will be the lens through which you view scripture. That's your choice. And I like it because it's black and white. It's like, pick. Joshua said, you get to pick whatever you want, for, but for me and my household, we'll follow the Lord. Right? But when you choose that, you've got to be all in. You can't have a foot over here in the culture and you have a foot over here with, with, with Scripture and God. You've got to be all in. Because if you're half and half, the world will pull you away. It just will. You know why? It's so much easier. The world is so much easier to get along in. It's so much easier to have everything you do tolerated, and be able to do whatever you want and not have rules and not have accountability. Oh, that's, a, that's a great life. Because people don't understand that the yoke that Jesus gives us is light and that he takes our, our burdens from us. It's supernatural. It's a miracle. 
And if you don't believe in miracles, you'll never come to the faith because that transformation you have when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there's a Holy Spirit miracle that happens that fundamentally changes how you look at your world. And some of you here may be in a place where you haven't done that yet. And that's okay. It's a process. You know, don't let anybody tell you, you know, that's not true. You got to work your way into it. And then once you get there, there's more work. But if you've not experienced, this happened in the Bible. Paul says, have you not experienced the Holy Spirit? They said, no, we don't even know what the Holy Spirit is. He goes, then he goes, sure am. No. <laughs> Put laid hands on him. Boom. Wow. It's like Benny Hinn. Woo! Uh, if you've not experienced the power of the Holy Spirit yet, and you're trying to do that, come talk to me. Tell you how to do that. Right? But I want to encourage you to look at the world through a biblical view and not the Bible through a worldview. And I'm telling you, it's hard. It's not easy but it's worth it. Amen? Amen. 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 All right.